0: Welcome to Extraterrestrial Reality. Uh, Today we're going to be talking about a very interesting case that happened back in 2012 uh, that involves a cylindrical-shaped object appearing near someone's home in Virginia. Uh, A lot of UFO cases you hear about cylindrical-shaped objects. It's not just saucers or orbs or... or, uh, all ki- there's all kinds triangles. I mean, there's all different uh, shapes and sizes to these things. But I thought this one was really weird, and there's uh, a, a lot to talk about here with this case. And actually, I found this case at the uh, website of the National UFO Reporting Center, which is pro- probably the best place uh, f- where people go to, the biggest place to, where people go to to file UFO sightings. Uh, usually, I think, I believe what happens is... Uh, You know people you know who don't even have an interest in this or maybe a casual interest in it or no interest in it whatsoever uh they'll have an they'll have a sighting of a ufo or have some kind of a strange experience uh with with a ufo and then they'll they'll go online at some point and they'll uh look for a place where they could file their report and actually if you do a search on this the united states government actually sends people to this site uh if you do a google search on ufo uh report uh, where to report a ufo this is going to pop up somewhere in google you're going to find this place uh one of the places too nowadays is enigma uh enigma labs is is collecting ufo reports but this has been doing it for a long time the national ufo reporting center it's uh operated by one person and one person only uh peter davenport uh, most of the sightings are are the united states and canada but there's actually stuff from all over the globe here uh, i highly recommend it because there's just so much stuff on here just so much stuff i mean so many different reports i mean they have a data bank you could go through uh you could you could in, you could do the a search by the by date like from this year from last month you could see what what People were, were reporting uh, from December, you know, all all the way back into the seventies. I mean, it's 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 a great resource. That's that's for sure. And there's every month there's hundreds of sightings that are that get reported. You could it's in it. You could there's an index by state and country, an index by the shape of the UFO. Uh, like for instance, and I have talked about this before, but I just think think it's something to point out because if you're interested in UFOs, I mean, this is something you should be checking out on a regular basis because there's a lot of sightings, a lot of great information. Some of them come with videos, some of them come with pictures, some of them come with drawings. Um uh, like here here's a I'm going I'm looking right now at the National UFO Reporting Center by shape. Uh some of them are unspecified. There's six thousand three hundred and forty one unspecified reports uh changing some some objects change shapes. Uh there's three thousand nine hundred and eighty eight uh, reports of changing shapes, uh, objects that change their shape. Cigar shape, 3,756. Chevron shaped, 1,743. Circle, 14,377. Cone, 604. Cross. There's some crosses out there. Uh, 501. Cube. Every now and then, not many, but there's not many cube sightings, but there's 37 listed here. Diamond-shaped 2,118 disc. That seems to be the biggie. Uh, That's 8,716. And fireballs even bigger. That's 9,882 egg-shaped 1,290. It's flash. Some things are look. There's like a flash. There's 2,440 of those. Uh, Sometimes formation. There's a formation of objects. Uh, uh, Formation sightings has 4,864. Uh, A light-shaped object, just a light in the sky, that's probably the biggest one here, 27,549, 5,925 orbs, other is 10,083, oval, 6,371, I mean, it goes on and on, star-shaped, 184, teardrop, 1,238, triangle, 13,105, Uh, But the one I'm going to talk about today was a a cylinder-shaped object. And uh, on here, uh, there have been reported 2,487 cylinder-shaped UFOs uh, since this this, uh, site has been in operation. So I find that very interesting. There's all different shapes and sizes. And sometimes a lot of reports you hear where there's changing shape as people are looking at them. I mean, it could go from a cylinder shape to a disc shape. It seems like they have the uh, ability to change the way they look. And that's what stands out about the case that I want to talk about today. It was very, I was going through uh, earlier today and yesterday, I've been going through d- different uh, cases on here, and this one was one of the ones that stood out. There's actually a lot of them that stand out, and, and this is just one that I'm going to talk about. Again, if you ever have the time and you're interested, you got to check out the National UFO Reporting Center website. Of course, I will leave a link in the description so you could find it easily. Uh, but anyway, this was something that happened in 2012 in August, or Excuse me, in September, uh, tw- on September 29th of 2012, it wasn't reported to the National UFO Reporting Center until uh, uh, July of 2015. But I thought this was an interesting story, and it, and it does come with a uh, drawing uh, that you could check out that the witness saw. He wasn't able to get a picture. It happened so fast; this person was not able to get a picture. Uh, but he did have a, he did create a, a drawing of it, and I, I'm going to talk about all of this here. Anyway, it says, At 6.50 a.m. on September 29th of 2012, I had just walked from the bathroom of our single-floor house and glanced out the window on the west side of the building. What I saw still haunts me to this day. Less than 150 feet away, hovering near the top of the neighbor's backyard tree, which towers to 50 to 65 feet in height, was an object that I had never before seen. My mind seemed to be scrambled for a millisecond in an effort to make the object identifiable. I saw the ghosts of a tail section and large rotor blades on the top, but those projections quickly vanished. There were lights toward the front asymmetrically placed on a bulkhead of sorts and those lights were not blinking or moving. The colors were red, green, blue, and a singular white light. The body of this craft at first appeared to follow in a general way the body of a military helicopter with flat sides that rolled over the top with a similar roll on the bottom. The exterior was glassy smooth and the color was a bluish gray, what I first called periwinkle, certainly not exactly what I intended to suggest. It was a periwinkle blue-gray, but a much darker darker value than the color that most people understand to be periwinkle. I am not an illustrator, and so my illustration does not depict the color correctly. Now, before we go on, I just want to, for the people who aren't seeing this, he he describes this in detail, but I am showing the image here uh, for people who are watching the video version. But he does, uh, you know, describe what happens here. He says, in total silence, as if acknowledging that I had spotted it, the craft quickly moved toward my house and passed directly overhead the window from which I was observing. From the first moment of its departure, the object appeared to change its shape into a cylindrical oil drum with two rounded ends, though the leading end was notched out from about halfway up the cylinder to the top. That notch moved back perhaps four or five feet and then stopped at a vertical bulkhead upon which the lights were set in recessed openings. I did not see any pilots." So basically, you see what what this object. At first, he was thinking it was a helicopter. He saw the ghost of a of a blade on the top of it, and 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 a tail end. But then that just disappeared quickly. And right when he looked at this thing, that stuff was like it was like a projection. Like it really was like it was making itself look like that, but it really wasn't. That's what not what it looked like. And then. It took on its true form, which was like a tube with some opening cut out, something like a, a cockpit at the at one end of it, and it took off really fast. The, only, the whole siding only lasted for two seconds. Uh, now, he says this. Now, the interesting thing is that I continued seeing this craft for several hours as though it had been embedded in my mind. Also, there seemed to be a kind of transparent hatch cover that covered the notched out front section of the craft, which I never saw with my eyes, but... It became real and seeable in my memory image as it repeatedly slid open and closed for a very long time. That action was very fast and it seemed that it was done so many times in order that I understand its importance. If it actually had any importance, I have have failed to realize that. So basically... He sees this object at first, he, he, uh, you know, it has a tail end and, and a propeller on the top like a helicopter, but it's it's that that was just a projection like it was fake. And then it, that disappeared quickly. And then it just he just saw the cylinder cylinder shape uh, with this cockpit area in the front and it disappeared really quickly. But then he couldn't get the image out of his head all day, which I find really strange. He kept on seeing this, and and in his in his mind's eye, he was seeing a, like a transparent uh, glass shutter opening and closing quickly on that on that end section that he saw with the with the cockpit area, which I find very very strange. This whole case is very strange, and at just there's a lot of questions I have. Anyway, he continues here. He says. The entire episode must have taken place in about two seconds, which is a very long time when you are seeing something so far removed from normal experiences. That morning, I drew some rough sketches of the craft and guessed at measurements and distances, etc., and really goofed on much of that. It was after I got out a tape measure and started taking actual measurements that I saw how erroneous my first guesses had been. Now much of that has been corrected, though I still need to figure the height of the roof of the house next door without arousing too much suspicion. My emotional reaction to the sighting, I felt as though there was a strange violation of my privacy. It was as though I felt that I was being watched, and the moment that I discovered that they, discovered that they fled the scene very rapidly. So overall, I had an ominous feeling, a feeling that is related to paranoia. So he had a very weird feeling like he was, you know... (laughs) somebody's watching him you know somebody's watching watching you without you, your your uh, permission uh anyway he says the following morning september 30th 2012 i heard the loud thumps of a helicopter approaching my house so i grabbed my camera and ran outdoors the army helicopter crossed my front yard in an area at an aerial height of no more than 70 feet and i was able to get two photos of that black machine How very curious that such a visit would take place so soon after my sighting. We rarely see helicopters in this area aside from the occasional EMT rescue copter. So I find that interesting too. Now apparently this guy didn't tell anybody about this thing. But yet the next day there's an army helicopter showing up hovering right above his house, which he says never happens. Uh, And he continues here, he says, 11 months later, a photograph taken in Brazil was revealed in Filer's Files, a web newsletter about UFOs. The object in the photograph was almost identical to the object that I saw. Since then, another similar object was photographed in Pikesville, Maryland, and shared on the web via UFO sightings hotspots. Now, I just want to stop there. Now, I didn't find the... uh, pikesville maryland picture but i did search the web and i was able to find what he was talking about this uh this photograph taken from brazil uh and that appeared in uh file filers files on on a uh that's a different website here uh has a lot of different ufo cases from all over the world and and this is the picture we're looking at right now this was an actual picture taken at 11:30 a.m. over Curitiba, Cur- Cur- uh, excuse me, Curitiba, Brazil, on August 30th, 2013. So this was around the same time that he actually saw his. It happened a year later, 11 months later, actually. Uh, the Brazil case happened 11 months later uh, in 2013, and his case happened in 2012 on in September. So. Uh, and this picture here, uh, it's, it's pretty much like the drawing. Uh, you can see that it, it's, you know, it's like a tube-shaped object. It looks like there's like a, a, a part that's carved out on one, one end of it that looks like it, or it could be a cockpit. But there's a lot of interesting aspects to this case. Now, the interesting part to me is that when he looks out, he sees the ghosts, he says, of a tail section and large rotor blades at the top. And then that quickly just vanishes. They vanish. These ghosts of this rotor blade on the top and this tail section at the end vanish. And then the thing just takes off, no sound whatsoever, uh, charging right toward him, right over his house, and it's gone. With the whole thing takes place in two seconds. He sees it. The thing change like right when he sees it, he sees these ghosts of these of a a blade on the top and a rotor section at the end. And then that stuff disappears, and this silent cylinder object disappears over uh, over his house. Uh, he says those those projections quickly vanished. So, I mean, what this tells you is that these beings are actually trying to, I mean, these are like imposter helicopters that they're, try, they're trying to make it look like. If you look at this, you, he looked at it, he thought it was looking at a helicopter at first, but it wasn't. Of course, the, the, the ghost projections disappeared, and then you saw the real deal, and it was just a cylinder, no sound at all, and then it took off. When it realized, according to him, it seemed like it realized he saw it, and then it took off. And then the next day the army helicopter shows up. A black helicopter's flying out over his house. Now, what's going on here? I mean, let's really think about this. I mean, uh, for one thing, why would how, how did how, how is the military finding out about this the next day without anyone saying or maybe somebody else reported it. Who knows? Maybe that's what happened. Maybe somebody else contacted the army or the air force or whatever, whoever and told him about this and they sent out a helicopter the next day to check it out. Maybe somebody else saw this and, and made a phone call that he doesn't know about. Maybe there was somebody else who saw it. But what if there wasn't anyone else who saw it? How, how did they know? How did the, How did anyone in the military know the next day to go hovering around there looking for that thing? What is going on here? Like, do they? I mean, this this goes back to the uh, in a lot of cattle mutilation cases. In a lot of those cases, uh, it, before the mutilations happen and after they happen, helicopters have been reported in the areas. Uh, black helicopters, unmarked helicopters, flying around. Then, the, then the next day, uh, the ca- a cattle a cow is mutilated, and in the, the day after that, there's a, another a helicopter showing up. Maybe they're not our Army helicopters or Air Force helicopters at all. Maybe what it is is the extraterrestrials making us think that that's what we're seeing. Maybe they're mimicking everything. Maybe that's all. It's a big trick on our eyes somehow or in our minds, whatever they're doing. I think they have the ability, obviously. That's what it's starting to seem like. It seems obvious in, in a lot of different cases. That they can make us see things that that makes us make us see their craft in a different way than what we're what 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 it, what the reality is. I mean, you look at there was a case that uh, Gary Nolan was talking about that happened in France, where people were looking at some object that was hovering above their car, and and when they took a picture of it, it looked it came out to look like some kind of a star, like a star shaped object. That that was not what they saw with their eyes, but when the the, the image that they took with the with their cell phone. It looks something completely different than what they experienced. I don't know what's going on, but it's really weird. Uh, see, this is—I I, mean—you have to wonder. I mean, is the government uh, involved with this somehow? I mean, this is what—this is why disclosure is so important, as far as I'm concerned, because you have stories like this. I mean, why should we live in this in this mystery like this? Why, why are we kept in the dark by military officials with regard to this phenomenon? I mean, this person here, obviously, it affected him strongly. He was thinking about it for three years before he finally uh, sent out his report to the, UFO, the National UFO Reporting Center. Obviously, it had an effect on him. It, it actually did have a, a, some kind of a psychological effect on him. He couldn't get the image out of his head for hours after he saw it. And you wonder, then, and then the next day, an army helicopter shows up, and then, then, then someone in the air force will step up to a podium and say, "Oh, there's nothing to UFOs. We don't have any. There's no extraterrestrials. None, no, nothing like that." But yet, so we're—it's like the rest of us are left in the dark. We hear stuff like this, but because there's no disclosure, there's no truth told by our, the officials in charge. We're, we're left to wonder. We're left to be paranoid. This guy says he felt paranoia because of this situation. I don't see how anybody would feel paranoid after something like this. So that's why it's important that, uh, you know, I, I really believe it's very important that we we get disclosure because of things like this, because this is this this leaves people in the lurch it's really a shame when you really think about it uh you know the, again this guy had had f- was feeling uh, feeling paranoid i mean if if the truth would be told right then say this something like this happens and you contact your uh your, your local air force base and you say hey there was something out in front of uh, hovering out right over the uh, the neighbor's tree it was a giant cylinder it made no sound this is what it looked like uh what do you what do you have to say about this you, you if you would give you an answer like well it's probably extraterrestrial. I wouldn't worry about it too much as there's nothing we could really do about it. That would be a, an appropriate answer. That's that's the kind of answers that we should be getting, but we don't get them. Instead, you get, uh, we, we, you're afraid to say anything because people will think you're crazy, right? You can't say anything. You, you reported under an anonymous name on the National UFO Reporting Center. I mean, this guy didn't believe his name. I mean... Peter Davenport, I'm sure knows who this person is, and he talked to him, and he talks to a lot of the people. Uh, you know, he finds cases that are very interesting, and he'll and the more interesting the case, he'll talk to the people, he'll get a feeling for what kind of person, what kind of uh, person this this uh, reporter is, and and take it from there. But, I mean, who wants to, you know, put their name out there and, and then get ridiculed and say, oh, yeah, he saw some cylinder over there. Everybody everybody else, the whole government tells us that's all crazy, so he must be crazy. See, that's how it is. That's, that's not how it should be, though. Uh, but somehow or some way, it seems like the military did find out about this object. And it makes you wonder, okay, maybe was the object the day before some secret uh, uh, project? some secret machine that was developed by the military, by the military industrial complex, and they're just testing it out. Was that what it was? You wonder, I don't think it is, right? I think it was probably extraterrestrial, but it could have been. I mean, you you have to wonder, you don't have any answers. And what was it doing there? If it was a military experiment, why was it hovering over a neighborhood uh, uh, like this uh, with a bunch of civilians? I mean, why would it be doing that? To see if they can get away with it? If it was extraterrestrial, okay. What 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 were they? What was it doing there? What what, was it checking out? uh, Was it returning someone they just abducted, or were they just planning to abduct somebody, or were they looking for new people to abduct? I mean, what's what's it all about? It'd be nice to get some straight answers from the people we put in charge, Uh, but it doesn't seem like we're going to ever get that anytime soon. Uh, But you know, we are going to be 2024. I I still I think we're going to pick things up right where we left off. There was a story just today. Uh, In Axios, uh, this says here, the headline reads, House Members to Receive Classified UFO Briefing. And it says here, uh, Axios has learned that members of the House Oversight Committee will receive a classified briefing on unidentified anomalous phenomena. And uh, it says the members-only briefing will be held in the Office of House Security, according to a notice obtained by Axios. The briefing is being provided by the Office of Inspector General of the Intelligence Community, the notice said. And it says here a bipartisan group of oversight committee members led by Representative Tim Burchett sent a letter to the Intel Community Inspector General Thomas Monheim in August requesting more details about UFOs, including any programs to reverse engineer them or retrieve crashed UFOs. And it says here the letter was in response to testimony the previous month from former intelligence official David Grush, who we all know, claimed that the government was in possession of non-human biologics from a recovered UFO, along with recovered UFOs, and they are reverse and they are reverse engineering them. Um, and it talks here about the U, uh, the congressional UAP caucus, which consists of Burchett and Representatives Jarrett Moskowitz. Anna Paulina Luna, Nancy Mace, Eric Burleson, and Andy Ogles. So it looks like we're there. Uh, some of these uh, House members are going to get this secret meeting. They're going to receive a classified UAP brief briefing uh, uh, f- from the Intel co- uh, committee. Excuse me, the Intel Community Inspector General, which is very interesting because. Uh, is he going to tell them anything this time? Now, last time apparently they had a meeting and they were told nothing. Uh, this time, are they going to learn the truth? And then, I guess the re- the question is: the question becomes, if they are told the truth, are are they going to relay that information to the public? I would say probably not. But it's going to be interesting to see their reactions after that meeting. How how are they going to come out? Like, say they're told some extremely uh, interesting information, mind blowing information about. UFOs say they're told the reality of the situation. Well, say somehow the inspector general lays it all out on the table for them and says, "Yep, it's true, all of it. Uh, yeah, there's aliens from outer space coming here. We're recovering their their aircraft when they crash, and we're re- we're reverse engineering them. Here's some pictures of the bodies that we have. You want here? We'll check out this video. You can see some crash sites where they recovered bodies. What if something like that were to happen in this closed meeting, and then these uh, dumbstruck Congress people go get, come traipsing out, and there's cameras there waiting for them?" How are they going to respond Uh, when, of course, probably be against the law? I'm assuming that all of this stuff is obviously considered uh, now. They have to it's top secret for national security reasons. And so they won't be able to say anything. But boy, they're going to want to if they if they are told the truth, they are going to want to uh, tell the world what they just found out. Uh, but I think what would probably happen is after this hearing, they're probably I would imagine these people are either gonna keep fighting for disclosure or maybe they're gonna be told something and they're gonna start acting like everyone in the Air Force has, has been acting for, for decades. Like maybe they'll be told maybe they'll be told something that, that the same kind of information that apparently was told to Jimmy Carter back in nineteen seventy-seven, uh, when he was getting briefed on UFOs and, and it caused them to cry. I mean, maybe the truth is just uh, too much for some people, and they'll just want to clam up and not say a word about it from there on out. Or maybe some of them will come out and say, "You know what? I think the public could handle this. It's the truth anyway, so they need to know." We and and they'll keep moving forward and try to uh, uh, make things happen in the future as we move forward and maybe you know continue the the disclosure push for the rest of this year. And maybe we will get somewhere. Who knows? I, I I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. I mean, Congress basically is our only hope uh, for for any to to get disclosure to happen. I mean, whistleblowers. I, I, you know, I'm sure there's going to be some more some more whistleblowers stepping forward this year. Uh, some people are probably going to become some household names, just like David Grush. I mean, a lot of people, even outside of the UFO community, know who David Grush is now. Uh, but a lot of people don't. But though, I mean, within the UFO community, David Grush most certainly has become a household name. And he's become a big name uh, in mainstream news outlets at this point. He's been talked about a lot. So people know who he is, know that he's a whistleblower, know know what his claims are. And right now, all they could do is either take it or leave it. But once we get more people like Grush stepping up, telling similar or even more mind-blowing, pro- providing even similar or more mind-blowing information, then we'll see what happens then. We need to have more whistleblowers for sure. That's no 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 question about it. And uh, I think in 2024, we're going we're gonna to see that. We are going to see that. And uh, if some of them are uh, privy to actual documentation, if they were to present that to the world, actual documentation that sh- shows what's been going on behind the scenes, actual videos, a, a leak maybe similar to the uh, leaks that we saw in 2017, the Pentagon UFO leaks maybe, but this time sh- that show beings inside craft flying around, something like that. That's what we need to happen. We need stuff like that to come out. We need more. We need better. We need we need actual images of of the bodies that, that are found at some of these sites. We need images of the crashed craft. We need video of, of of them working on it behind the scenes. If we can get something like that, that would that would end this whole cover up, and we can move on with life. Uh, anyway, it's going to be an exciting year, I'm sure. Uh, Okay, and now moving on, I want to talk about the most recent poll that I conducted on Spotify. It was for the episode Secret UFO Control, Control Group's Year End Report. I asked this question, is the Secret UFO Control Group concerned that they will be exposed in the near future? I've received 73 votes f- so far for this poll. Uh, 27 people or 37% say no, too much power. Yes, so a lot of them think that there's too much power there. While 46 people or 63% say yes, it's slipping away. Uh, I would have to say that there, there there has to be some concern among the secret control group about what's going on here. I mean, there's probably there, these people who are at the top of this chain, on the top of this empire that they've built over decades, this secrecy empire. There has to be some all kinds of scenarios playing out in their minds as to what's going to happen once the truth comes out. I, I would i would have to imagine, they have to be concerned uh, if their names get made public and, and we find out that they've been responsible, uh, some of them, for who knows, some of these people might have been part of the secret control group for 10, 15, 20 years. I mean, those people are the ones who are probably really thinking about this right now. Uh, the ones who uh, a lot of people are going to have a lot of questions for them, and uh, they're probably concerned that their names might get brought out in the, at the you know at some point, and and who knows. Uh, at the same time, though, uh, some of them might feel arrogant about their position and think that there's nothing possible could happen to them because they're just too much power backing them up. They got the, the might of the military. They got the, uh, they have the, uh, the joint chiefs of staff most assuredly saying that this is a national, uh, security issue and needs to be needed to remain top secret for decades. They might not care. Uh, who knows what their reasoning is at this point? I think it's more personal. I don't think that they're concerned about the reaction of the world. I think it's more about how people are going to view them and the and the idea that they've been, the public has been, get, been getting lied to for decades and decades and decades. I think that's the concern. I think it's about their own personal. Uh, uh the, the how it's going to affect them personally so the, uh, just, i don't think they're concerned about how disclosure is going to uh what, what kind of effect it will have on the mentality of the world i don't think that's their biggest concern they probably have some concerns with that but their biggest concern is how people are going to view them and that's what they're concerned about they don't want their names to be brought out there in public to, and 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 they don't want this their organization to be uh to be revealed i just don't think they do i think they want it to make it seem like uh uh, like then it never existed that's what they want they want that more than anything but i don't see how it, it's it's coming out we already know there's whistleblowers stepping up and before even beyond that i mean it, this is something that we've been talking about for decades researchers have dug up so much information there's been so many people who have who have leaked information long long before david crush so i think uh um uh, I think that probably, I would go with the yeses on this one, the majority. I say yes, it's slipping away, and I think that some of them are definitely concerned about it. Uh, There's probably a handful who are not, but I would say most of them are most certainly concerned with it. Anyway, I want to say thank you all for joining me. Until next time.